Welcome to the Going Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Zinn. I'm a mother, an author, and an entrepreneur who is committed to and curious about living a life that is always evolving. This is a lifestyle podcast covering health, both body and mind, self-care, why it is a necessity and how tough it can be to master, entrepreneurship, its ups and downs, cultural disruption, and the topics we sometimes avoid, as well as love, sex, friendship, and more. This podcast is a place and a community for people who are willing to do the hard work of growth, who want the tools and inspiration to step into it, and who want to grow each and every day of their lives. I interview movement makers, leaders, survivors, writers, and founders. Their stories move me and will move you to cultivate more strength and clarity during every step of your day. Enjoy today's episode, and thanks for spending time with me at this very special place in my life over here at the Going Beyond podcast. Hey guys, how are you? I'm so happy you're here. You're basically being invited today to have like coffee talk, hangout chat with one of my dearest, dearest friends and like one of my favorite just go-tos for all things health wisdom, life, family, love. Her name is Deb Ross. She's sitting right next to me. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't actually normally record episodes in person. It's usually all remote. There's been one or two um, important ones. And this is one of the important ones because when I want to interview one of my closest friends, it's also a chance to hang out together. So Deb is sitting right next to me in my bedroom, which is also my (laughs) podcast studio. So hi, Deb. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy that you're with me. I usually do this in a very solitary space. Yeah. I wanted to come in. I wanted to share energy. (laughs) Yes. And we're going to share energy today. And I think that's a great place to start because sharing energy in so many ways is kind of how our relationship began. Totally. And how our experience has evolved and where our our work and life has evolved Mm -hmm. and I think where we've inspired each other actually. hundred percent. When I think back of us, like our like meet cute and like to where we are now, it's like, I'm so proud of us. I know we're kind of amazing. It's just, it's inspiring (laughs) to be like when we were like new mamas and like, what do we do and what's going on and all that stuff to then like wisdom, a little bit more roots of like trust and then being able to, you know, return back to ourselves and really get back to what moves us even within all the other dynamics that we're part of. Definitely. So let's first, uh, just really quickly, I'll give you my bio of you. And if I miss anything, you tell our listeners. So Deb is a native of Chicago. Yeah, She moved to New York to start her career back when, not really around the same time I did, maybe like a year or two before. And went from being like the party girl publicist, (laughs) much like me, the media girl, party girl, to making a pretty giant transformational leap into the studies of acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine and has really evolved her career from there. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, She's also a mom of two beautiful girls Mm -hmm. who I love very much. Mm -hmm. And we really met 
on the streets of New York, which is what Deb just alluded to, when both of our older kids, Micah and Pia, were literally like the size of maybe a small watermelon. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> I was in a, I was wearing her. The baby. Wearing yeah, the baby. it was like the baby Bjorn or whatever when I wore, I don't even have like baby knowledge anymore, which is like, I don't even know what's cool anymore in the baby. Yeah, brain, but it was an ergo. Mine was an ergo. Oh, it was an ergo. It was an ergo. Mine was an ergo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One of them. One of them. And we were getting coffee at Le Pen Quotidien in mm-hmm. Chelsea and you lived a few blocks up and we just started vibing and talking. And then there was a period of time where we just kept kind of bumping into each mm-hmm. other at the park, at Appleseeds. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, and we would chit chat. But then it was the beginning of the preschool experience when our kids were two, that we ended up in the same class. Which is amazing. And by chance, again, not really chance, because I don't believe in chance, but the universe was like, now we see it. each other every, every day. day. And that was when it really all began. And our kids became really close and we became really close. And even our husbands became close. And mm-hmm. that's rare mm-hmm. when everyone actually likes each other. Totally. Total <laughs> enjoyment. It was a square of enjoyment. It was, yeah. it was, it was. Yeah. And so we went through the birth of your second daughter yeah. and then the birth of my second child. So it's been really, really amazing. And then after several years of having you a few blocks away, you took the plunge and, well, left the city in terms of your residence Yeah, and moved up to Westchester. Correct. And we're going to talk more about that. Yeah. But you still come into the city for your patients and for and, your work and, and for my soul, <laughs> for your soul, for your workouts and for your friends and yeah. all the good reasons one comes into the city. hundred percent. Yeah. And takes the commute. So Deb is many, many things, but like, I just wanted you guys to have a sense that her work is in the realm of the healing arts and Chinese medicine and acupuncture. She has many, many, let's just call them psychic energetic gifts and they're <laughs> blossoming even more as we speak. So we're going to talk more about that too. But let's start with the really interesting journey that I think apparently you've really been on in the past, like let's call it year to two years, Mm -hmm. which is taking your work that you're so committed to. It's such a professional and personal journey. And now you've added a layer of new community with your move. Mm -hmm new friendships, new professional relationships. And now the choice to take all those gifts and actually step into being an entrepreneur and opening your wellness center, which is called the Well Center in Armonk, New York. Yeah. It's really exciting. So give us a sense of that journey and like your readiness for that. You know, it's so interesting. My big thing is like, I think for a while I've just been really comfortable being like in my cozy little pocket of Mm -hmm. like have a great little practice. It makes me really happy. It allows me flexibility to be both mom and doing this thing that I love. It never feels like work. I love it. I never, I'm like, Oh, I have to do this. I was like, Oh, what does my day look like? And just being really comfortable with that. And then moving, I don't know if it's like, it gave me space to have space. And I met a woman up there where we, another kind of meet cute where we were encircling each other for years and we met at the right time and had the same kind of passionate goals about wellness for all, not just personally, but within the family. And we just kind of made it happen. You know, I'm making it seem really easy, but when it's in sync, it starts to just flow and you just Mm -hmm. kind of ride it. And then all of a sudden it happens. I mean, It takes time to find space to open up a space, but really it was about me 
knowing that I could either play it safe the rest of my incarnation of this or to take up more space. And it was time for me to take up more space. And I was ready. I was done being number two. Mm-hmm. I liked being number two. Like it's my default. And by number two, you mean that you performed your services and practices in other people's spaces. Basically. Right. Like I had a mentor. And so I always had someone that was yeah better in my head. I don't mean to use like ego, like dichotomy of like better. Yeah. He was, he does. He has more wisdom. He has more years of knowledge that he shared, but I let that keep me feeling like a step behind Mm -hmm. instead of like parallel Mm -hmm. because we have different skill sets and different things that we're both really good at. So it was kind of just like ready to be seen. It's been 15 years. This isn't like I've been in private practice two years and I'm like, Hey everybody. I mean, this was like, it's a long process, yeah. both personally, spiritually, and professionally to say, like, I can hold space for more than my patients. I can hold space for my family. I can hold space for my community I, and not take it home in any kind of deconstructive way. I can leave it. I can process it different. And that all comes not just through, like, experience of treating people, but, like, my own journey to be able to feel confident in myself. It's also... Interesting. I'd like to hear you share a little bit about taking what you love to do, but then also stepping into the realities of being a business owner. Yeah. That is different. Oh yeah, Yeah. completely. Yeah. Like now doing acupuncture is like, I'm like, oh, I have a whole day of patience. I'm so excited instead of the back end stuff. I thankfully have a partner that is so good at that stuff. Oh good. And that is why we're such a good yin yang balance. And we're also working with someone who is helping us be really smart entrepreneurs. We're not trying to be a flash in the pan. We're really trying to understand our dynamics, our genius, like where we're really good at and where we're not, where the holes are really understanding each other in communication. We're really trying to create deep roots so that this really blossoms and succeeds into a space for a long time. Infinite. This isn't just like two women who are like, this would be fun. Let's try this. Let's just have time. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm really glad to hear that you're bringing support in where you feel that you need it. Yeah. I've never, I mean, my business was like me and my little like I booked everything. It was, I was a one man show and it was like woman show, but it was really, I was really comfortable. And, you know, I feel like it, you know, you hate your head of like how much that can really be. Mm-hmm. And now it's much bigger. Like it's offered me such opportunities that I think that were on the back of my head of things I've always wanted to do, but petrified. And can I really do this? It's giving me another thing to stand on, not of my worth, just to like feel supported. For instance, I know I'm really good individually with my patients. It's like my sweet spot. But this opening the Well Center has, I've taught two workshops the past couple months with another teacher with us. And I ran the first hour, this was this past Sunday, we did something called Emergence, which was all about spring energy and understanding the winter to spring transition, both emotionally, spiritually, and physically through Chinese medicine and through her form of movement. And... I led people through a shamanic shake and then I did a meditation and gave a little mini lecture and I was so different than from the first time. I Mm -hmm. felt like I was supposed to be there. And then to get feedback of support of that Mm -hmm. has been like, kind of knew it was there, fear holding me back or not having the right space or place or 
how to do it in New York City felt complicated on some level because Everything I feel like there's in New so York many. Is a little complicated. Yeah, and there's so many amazing people in the wellness space. Yeah. And it's a little different. And so it's offered me space to really do that. And now I feel like I could be like, I want to do this for you and really like come in complete embodiments mm-hmm. of what I'm doing and what I'm saying mm-hmm. instead of like, yeah, this could be cool. And meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm like, how oh, am I going to pull this off? And you know, you go to these back narratives of like worth and authenticity and experience and all these self-limiting thoughts that really are just thoughts and they tend to hold you back from just like jumping in. It must also be so interesting too, because I'm thinking about how you move to this new area and it's been enough of a time that you guys are very much part of the community. It's two and a half years. It's two and a half yeah. years. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten to come up and meet some of your community and yeah. um, wonderful people and curious people. And I'm sure it must be so interesting that, you know, you step in first as just you know, people moving to the area, yeah. you know, trying to make new friends, you know, meeting kids, school, but then stepping into this role where you're like, this is what I do. Right. And now I have a space that you community, people in the community can come and actually experience not only my practices, but different modalities that we host here. And this is a sacred space. Like it's kind of like you really putting yourself out there. Totally. And I, we were quite strategic when we were moving out. Like I really did spend the first year being like, us as a family, are we happy here? Before I start like putting the, those roots yeah, in. Yeah. And also the pressure that I had to start something up there. I had my practice in the city to rely on, which was amazing. And when people, or when I told people what I did, in passing, not as like my lead. And when there was interest, I would treat out of my home quietly. And then it became more. And then I realized I didn't like actually treating them in my house specifically for myself because it wasn't sacred enough. Like when I closed the door of where this person was being treated, all of a sudden I'm in my kitchen and I'm like, wait, should I do it? I right. need Am to I do, supposed dishes. To do dishes. And I was like, that is like, mm-mm, no. no like, yeah. It was so interesting to be in this like multidimensional facet of all the things that you are in one space. And I was like, no, actually I need to be in a space where I'm in the healer mode, the acupuncture mode the entire time. When I close the door, I can think about things. I can just, it's a continuation of that sacredness versus this division of like half do's that like trickles in the minute you come into like a different structure, mm-hmm. like a home, mm-hmm. like on oh, mom here. And I should like, should I fold laundry while well, someone has needles in it? Yeah. yeah it felt so yucky is yeah. the right like word. You're it's disjointed. A, yeah. Right. I think it was a disservice. Yeah. So interesting. So what's you've been mentioning to me recently and I'm, those of you that listen, no, I'm just one of the most uber curious about anything that people feel but can't see. Let's make that blanket statement. Yeah. So you've been noticing in the past period of time more and more strong hits of intuition, yeah. of channeling information for your clients, for I'm sure other people in your life, like things that are just really rising and coming even more easily. Part of me thinks that's just the essence of aging and maturity and Mm -hmm. like owning yourself more and more, but also what you're talking about in stepping into your gifts and having this space to really own all that you are. It also facilitates that opening that, um, that portal. hundred percent. So I'd love to hear, 
I'm sure everyone is like, what does this even all mean? So <laughs> this maybe is some am- like sane. I don't want to say a cool. I don't want to say admit because that feels like I'm like, like a dirty, like a dirty. Yeah. it's more <laughs> like one of those like unexplained things like a, maybe a year or two ago. And it happened in New York city. I just, I do, you know, you just put your hands on people after you do work or whether it be massage or just like chi healing and as I was doing it, I like received information, this person and I saw, sometimes I see colors and sometimes words are said to me and, my, and just different things, different symbols, different feelings. And instead of being like, whoa, yeah. I just said them because I wanted validation or non-validation because some of it hits and some of it doesn't. And I don't have any way of really explaining it, except just trusting it. So a lot of it really in the beginning was a lot of just like, I would say chakra colors and like almost mantras. And a lot of it, what I feel is like, not that I'm doing anything special and we're just connected energetically. And it's almost like a gift from your body that I'm validating for you. So sometimes when I say people are like, that's exactly what I feel. And it's more like me just reframing it because I felt it. And sometimes when someone says it differently, you hear it differently and you process it differently or it's validation of what you already know, which is, the best, which is like, trust thyself. And so I've just been doing more and more work with that and more and more work, meaning like more practices to create more clarity. Like obviously you and I talk about meditation a lot and it's now like embedded in my practice. It took a really long time to make it this ritual that it is, but now it's like, I notice a difference when I don't do it in the morning, whether it be five minutes or 20 depending on how I feel in the morning, depending on the kids, depending on all these things. I try to get up before them. That's like my sacred space. Yeah. And identifying that I need space before I'm called upon to be everything. Everything. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, yeah. ma'am, ma'am. Exactly. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I just need a couple deep breaths before I like yeah. enter into that yeah. relationship again. Yeah. Before the restaurant, your need- kitchen opens. Exactly. And, yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's been really sacred. And then because of that, like I work again, it's all about having people to almost like help you disseminate language and things that you're feeling. So sometimes you don't feel like isolated or alone. So I also work with like, she's a coach. I don't even know what to call her therapist coach. She used to be an acupuncturist. She went to become a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. She's a meditation teacher. She's like the jack of all trades, but most importantly, she's someone that like, when I say something that's new that maybe I don't have the right language for, it's more like something that happened to me. She can completely demystify it and offer like how to understand it in a way that like makes me really trust myself differently. So this is your therapeutic supportive relationship that has helped you step even further into your gifts. Right. And working on things that might be limiting me, thoughts and narratives, past stuff, like childhood stuff. Like maybe this stuff has already been there and I've done a great job just blocking it because there was no language for it. There was no space for it. No one to blame, just like life. Yeah. You know, what maybe was like maybe anxiousness was actually connectedness Mm -hmm. when I was younger to other things and feelings. So that's kind of really come up for me. It's so interesting as I think for, I can say for myself, but I feel from what you're saying that the work of being an individual that can, that can support others in this way of opening up to their own self-knowledge requires you to do the work of your own 100%. stuff. Like the only it, way it works. it's the only way it works. I can't say meditate if I have zero experience. I've heard meditation works. You know, it's like, yeah, I can be like, listen, it's a practice. That yeah. means you 
do it really well sometimes. And sometimes you, it's just not the right space and you fall off the horse. Not yeah. bad. Again, I'm really watching the way we label. Yeah. Like good, bad, or I was bad this week. You weren't bad. You just didn't, the space didn't happen. The time wasn't there. There was a lot to like figure out. Okay. How do you return to it without judgment? Mm-hmm. Like we all go through that. And so instead of saying like, I had a good week because I, you know, did X, Y, and Z. It's like, start with one thing, do it really well. Yeah. And then you can add on more that like, as you evolve, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when people are like, okay, my morning ritual is, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't have that time. That's beautiful that you can make that space for morning pages, juice, meditation, you know, all these things. And like, I do some form of all that. I'll do all of that when I like, retire and my yeah. kids leave the house or I do one, like, <laughs> one thing right or yeah. like I meditate every morning and if I happen to have a journal next to me and something came up I write it okay yeah. morning pages doesn't you know I think we get stuck by like how it's supposed to be or the time or this my altar isn't ready like what does that mean to sit down on your yeah you have a beautiful ultra I'm like eyeballing this rose quartz and I are having a little relationship right now but you know it's like <laughs> one of those things where we limit ourselves from doing things because we think it should be the certain way when yeah. it's just within you and you sit down at any moment and you can create sacredness at any moment. It's so true. And a little goes a long way. And that's a big, like in my twenties versus like now being 42, 42, 42. you know, it's like in your twenties you're like a workout only meant it was good if it was an hour and a half with right. like 30 minutes of abs. Right. And then you're like, okay, real life just came by and like smacked you in the face. And yeah. if I have 45 minutes, I'm a winner. Yeah. And I don't think like that wasn't enough. I think, yeah. thank you for taking the time. And even farther, if I only have 20 minutes, I'll do the 20 minutes. And then I'm like, thank you for moving your body. Exactly. Instead of judging that that was like a half-ass something, which by the way, this seems really old. It seems like my 20s talking to me mm-hmm. instead of like me now who's like, look at you moved your body for 20 minutes and that was the space you had and good. Yeah, definitely. And I think the priorities change and right. you want to feel alive. You want to feel vital. You want to feel your muscles working. Yeah. You want to feel like your brain is clear. Yeah. It becomes more, I mean, not that we don't want to look sexy. We do. And sure. that's part of embodying your femininity right. and your everything you are. It's valid. Yeah. But it also comes from more of a deep space of wanting vitality. Right. I yeah. I've never regretted a workout. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've like yesterday, like pushed myself at a time that I hate working out, but the space opened up. I never have time at four o'clock. I had an hour. That's a hard time. It was hard and I did it. And you know what? And I was glad. And afterwards I was like, my body was like alive and I could, you know, I was proud of myself because normally I would even just be like, nah, (laughs) you know, like it's four. It's like snack time. I'm hungry. I'm tired, you know? I'll just have another cup of coffee. And instead I was like, I started with the notion of this doing 20 yeah, and then seeing where it took me. And if the 20 was enough, it was enough. And then if I wanted to do more, I had the opportunity. Yeah. Years and years ago, one of the first retreats that I've ever hosted, it was, it became this one statement that a woman made, a participant made that has just stuck with me forever. It was just so simple and so brilliant. She was talking about after she had her first baby, she was like most of us totally taken down Mm -hmm. (laughs) and was a serious yoga practitioner. Mm. And then she kind of had to befriend her new reality. And she set a goal for herself, which was one downward dog a day. And that 
for a period of time with a tiny baby, she just rolled out her mat and did one downward dog. And for a period of time, that was all she did. And then once, of course, yeah. she got on her mat, suddenly there was a sun salutation. Yes. And then there was some standing poses. And before she knew it, she was actually in her home practice again. But the big point is that if the goal is small and we can reach it, yeah. it's doable. I'd also like to, what also came up for me in that, which I love that story, was the notion and concept of disruption. And I mean purposeful disruption. So we all get so stuck in have tos where I have to be way of being thoughts, all of it, the construct, right? And by disruption, I mean doing one downward dog was enough to disrupt yeah. the flow that she was in of like, I can't, or there's not enough time or whatever it is. Insert, you can insert whatever your story is or life thing. And by doing that, she calmed her nervous system down. She changed her perspective from one way to literally down, upside down. Yeah. And everything shifts. I even do that with my kids sometimes. There's a Qigong practice of disruption. There's like a sound that we do shaking a lot and you can shake for like one minute. But like in this workshop that I taught, I did 30 minute shake. It's a shamanic shaking and you just like let every, open every orifice you stimulate every joint, you just move your whole body. So it gets out of its way of being in this form and function in the way that you like a little bit of rigidity and dismantles it. So it's like almost vibrationally just open and disrupted. Mm -hmm. And when you feel stuck energy come up, you say, Hung, and it's like this way to disperse energy. And it's weird. And it's funny. And that's part of it too. Like, Everything doesn't have to be so serious. For instance, we got off the pl- we went to Utah recently for our February break, and the girls got off the plane, and you know we've been sitting for like five hours, and they were walking down the runway, and they were like, "Mom," and they're shaking, and they go, "Hmm," and I was like, "My work is done." Yeah, and they're eight and five, and they self-employ. I didn't say to do it. They knew that their energy had been in one way, and they needed to shake it up and disperse it on their own. And we laugh too, which then changes. And then we just like, we're like, oh, okay, Chip was there. And it was amazing. I've done it in the parking lot of a Target. Like, okay, guys, like we're not having tantrums in here. Let's like set up the boundaries. Like we're not in here for toys. We're not in here, you know, set the goals up and like, let's shake it. And we squat down because you're also changing the level from an up down that your body perceives that shift. And that little thing throughout your day, you can do it a hundred times if you need to. It's a hundred downward dogs. Yeah. You know, or you just like, you know, spin in a circle, you know, it doesn't, it's just changed the flow when you feel yourself getting stuck or in a rut or in that like rigidity of like awesome, like, have to came slamming in your face. What I like about that in particular, I've actually been studying trauma a lot mm. recently. Mm-hmm. It's been coming up a lot for me. Not only the books landing in my hands, the articles I'm reading, the conversations that I'm around. Yeah. And the more that time goes on, the more that I realize that trauma, whether that's big T trauma or mm. little T trauma yes. yep. is a stuck in your body. Yep. It's physical embodiment experience. Yep. It's B something that tracks your thoughts, track whatever coping mechanisms happened. And then they go from that point on that the trauma happened Yeah, and C, like so much of how we 
live within the fact that those traumas happen are just these sort of cyclical habits in so many ways. And they live in your body and your thoughts. And your muscles and your tendons and And how pain comes up. Everything. Right. And it's funny because like all the love to the wellness space and, but sometimes what I've really come to see is this, I don't know, some of the more common suggestions of how to handle stress or anxiety or moments that we wish we could shift how we're experiencing it Mm -hmm. are about stillness or about like just breathing in and out or whatever. But actually what I've discovered recently is that things like sound or like harder, like actual physical disruption, yeah. like what yeah. you're talking about, is actually what gets shit moving, yeah. like gets it out. Yeah. So recently I've been doing this high intensity like circuit class. Yeah. And oh, I've um, seen you on. Oh, yeah, little, you have. You can see my little video yeah, on baby. Instagram. Yeah, girl. yeah. You know what I'm happy about? Just like signing up because I know you've dealt with an injury for a while and you weren't sure if you were ever going to be able to. To, I just watch with like such love and so proud of how hard yeah. you worked Thank you. to get to that place to like trust your body to be able to do harder things. Well, what I realized is that actually by some of those movements that at first I thought were like, let's call it too hard or too much or too intense for myself physically or mentally, I have actually discovered that some of that force Yeah is actually exactly what I need yeah. because it actually sometimes feels like it's forcing something out of me yeah. that's emotional. It's like just shifting gears. Yeah. And even to my physical stuff, I still have some of my physical patterns and mm-hmm. pain and it does bug me sometimes or often. But what I notice is that by, it's almost counterintuitive, but by taking like a weighted ball and like literally slamming it into the ground, my body likes it. And by lifting like a weight, you know, up over my head and like pushing it up, something in my body is like, ah, yes. Yeah. And then me who's like, oh my God, I'm a yogi. I'm a dancer. I don't run because stuff hurts. Right. Well, it's interesting. This class sort of challenges that perception I had. Mm -hmm. It's only about an eight minute challenge. So it's really manageable from a time standpoint. But it's encouraging me to go against that idea. And it's like, okay, you can run at a really fast speed for 30 seconds and then come off for 20 and then run for 30 seconds and then come off for 20 until you've done it for like four or five minutes. You can do that. Mm -hmm. And then when my mind starts saying, oh, your neck is going to get tight. Oh, your head's going to get tight. It's like, well, you only have another 90 seconds. Can you do it? Yes, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And then what's amazing is that my body feels really, really good. It's like something about it. It's the opposite of what I've always felt, which is like the bending and the flowing Mm -hmm. and the breathing is everything I need. So I'm bringing that up to say back to this point of disruption. Yeah. I think that a lot of our habits, physically, mentally, emotionally, need disruption for our own growth. Totally. I agree. Completely. And that's why I like just like the whole thing of like small little things can go really far or you just find your like how you rediscover that you like this really effortful action because it releases something for you versus the yoga flow and honoring that you didn't lose that sense of you. It's just where you are now. Like you need that more intense yeah, movement or shift and just completely honoring that feels good. It's like I used to box all the time before we moved. Yeah. And my mentor used to be like, pretty sure boxing is why you're so calm 
ish about everything because yeah. I'm discharging so much yeah. unconscious or conscious energy that I don't, and it wasn't anything I necessarily needed to talk about. A lot of it's anticipatory. Like I'm not going to know a lot of these things that I'm feeling until I'm there. So until I cross that bridge, I could either sit in that like massive amount of like chaos and like anxiety or just overthinking and attachment, or I can discharge it out of my body and like also get to punch something where sometimes women are like taught, like you are, aren't allowed to do that. So it's like a safe space to be like really the embodiment of like physically strong yeah. and like say something afterwards because no one's listening. So you could be like discharging with a, a vibration. Or in your, yeah. Sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. There's this thing I want to do. This would be a really fun date for us, by the way. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but Long and short. Yeah. There's these spaces. There's something in the city. Oh, where you break stuff? Yeah, you can break stuff. I shit. already read your mind on that. I so have died to do that. Yeah. So don't my, you have a fantasy of going in a crate and barrel and sounds like you can knock shit over and you're like, great, vase. Actually, well, I'll tell you how I really feel bat. about it. Well, like just to elaborate for our listeners of yeah. what this is. So these are spaces that I, I believe you can like rent or whatever. Yeah. And it has like all this shit in the room and you're given tools, <laughs> <laughs> tools of destruction, tools, literally. And, but it is for the purpose of releasing anger and releasing rage. I forget the name of it. I know, but I've I will seen find it. out. I'm like, that sounds yeah. fun. So Leah Avellino, who was on the recent live yeah. podcast event, yeah. she's done this and she said it's profound. Now what comes up for me, like I hear you in terms of wanting to break the vase in Pottery Barn, but I actually have the opposite feeling. I get really scared actually to do that and to like go destroy shit and actually scream and break and like fear of hurting myself, fear of feeling all of that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. And in fact, like I've done meditations briefly where you like scream your head off and it's really kind of overwhelming and then you're like sobbing yeah and it's like it's a lot well even I've something as I was at a retreat a similar experience where they we did some kind of movement and afterwards you had to like say your name your first name really loud and the discomfort of being like I am dead was like horrifying yeah and it was so interesting to witness my discomfort yeah to say who I was yeah. Just even a name. Yeah. Oy. Which was, it's similar to what you're saying. I've been in similar things where like, you know, you're invited to like lose your shit, so to speak. Yeah. And um, it's not easy because we're, because we're taught to guard up so much, yeah. especially as women, but just culturally speaking. Shelby so, and I yeah. sometimes like when we had, that's my husband, yeah. when we go on like car trips sometimes throughout our history before and after kids, sometimes like just being on the road and we have a moment We'll literally do this. We'll roll down the window I see and we yell. We're like, Wah! like out of like, so yeah. And then we like laugh your butts off because it's like, so like on the road kind of just yeah. like letting, you know, like, you know, wind blowing in your hair and you're just together. Right. And it's like this getaway, even though you're just literally getting away for a day or two or a night or two, but it's something we've done since before children, it's like one of those things where we're like, you ready? Ready. And, and it, there's no reason why, there's no backstory of why we like to do it. It's just like the shared moment that we have a lot. That's like when you said it, I was like, oh, that's pretty funny because I'm not like at all restrained to like scream in front of him. 
like so like yeah. like well that's actually a perfect segue because uh, one that's of the what things, I'm here for <laughs> yeah well you give me great segues one of the things that I did want to just open up about a little bit because so often this is a unique conversation but I do so often speak about people's work I do so often speak about people's relationship with their children but I don't always speak so much about people's partnerships yeah and I feel I've always had a real respect for you and Shelby. I do. I don't Thank know if I've you. ever said that, no. but no, I do. It's not that you're perfect because I, <laughs> I know about the imperfection, but there is a quality that you guys share that I witness that it's a very, you guys are willing to get really like vulnerable with each other mm. and be imperfect and be yucky and ugly and like bleh and like all the stuff. And I actually think that way fewer partnerships than we may realize go there Mm -hmm. or have the ability to really be in those spaces. And so I really love that. And like, of course, knowing you and also knowing Shelby too, I understand how you guys are sort of able to connect there, but I think it's really special. Thanks so much. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where do you feel? What is that space for you guys? I think- Deep to the nth degree, it's about safety and security because you can't go that far out without knowing that the center is so contained and safe. And that's the first thing that comes up for me when like thinking about that. And we don't get into things a lot, but when we do, we, you know, there's a rhythm and the pace and there's definitely moments. That doesn't mean that they're not, but we've worked hard to like not diffuse moments by avoiding them, but like know each other's triggers and stuff. Triggers and patterns. And yeah. I mean, we'll call each other on our stuff. We're like now, like before, if he would call me on something, I might've gotten like angry about it. I now like find a little bit of space for humor in it where he's like, you know, the only reason that you're giving me like the cold shoulder is because when I'm right, you get angry. And I was like, M effort. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to admit that. Yeah. So now I've never said it to him in, in space, but he is right. That's yeah. what I do. I get, I like clam up and it's because it's like, yeah. oh, he just saw me so perfectly. Yeah, there's shame. And it's so funny because now we, I have a smirk on my face when it happens instead of like going to my corner or, and also knowing yourself, I'm like a turtle. I like, I do go within, I do need my space to process and also knowing how each person processes within the partnership. So you each get what you need, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need space. I don't need space from him. I need space, right? I need a moment. I need to collect myself and he actually needs the opposite. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So I, a lot of it is like over speaking almost like over communicating, which sometimes feels I don't want to say annoying, but it sometimes feels like, yeah, exhausting is a good word, but it's not annoying. It's just like, do I really need to say all my inner work? And the answer is yes. I have to say like, because when you're worked up and you're already like in your reactive defensive mode, even if you're in peace with it and you still get puffed up and go to your corners or you go to your space of like, I'll air quote safety in that. And so I have to say like, I love you. Right. You know, I need space not from you, but for myself, let's, I'm not avoiding having this conversation. That's another important thing to say, but I'm going to be back. I need like two to five minutes and breathe. And also, by the way, if you're sensing a theme, as I'm saying that physical disruption so that we can reconnect without being so attached to like either being right or wrong, Mm -hmm. 
or not listening because you need to get your point across. It allows you to like absorb and take a moment so that you come back and you can say like whatever you need to say. Yeah. So we work like it's huge. I realized in my own partnership that a really big fear of mine is actually doing something that I think you and Shelby are really good at doing, which is like getting messy and Mm kind of like getting into that stuff. And, you know, as such the forever Libra, which like, I love being Libra, but (laughs) I feel like I'm always trying to keep the balance, like smooth it out. And it doesn't mean that I'm afraid of emotions and feelings with myself. I'm all about that. Totally. But something in the dynamic Mm -hmm. where I'm like, let's figure it out. Whatever that means. Yeah. But what I'm realizing is that it's truly a disservice to not get vulnerable and to not say the stuff and not over communicate it. And even if even what you say is true. It's like, you have to let someone know that you recognize them, you see them, you appreciate them. And this feeling is still there. This feeling is a thing. Also, if you like, when you love each other, I also know each other's rhythm. Like if Mm -hmm. we're in like some real, like, sometimes that's like wordless experience, but like, I know his rhythm is that within 24 hours, that's his processing yeah. and that we'll come back together and there will be some text or conversation where he's absorbed everything he needed. And I can hold the space for that because I know he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I know like we still love each other. We even communicate that even when maybe we haven't reconnected, like how yes. you want to create the balance again. You can still do that. The desire is beautiful, but if it's more about like, doing the recalibration because of um, because you're afraid of imbalance for a certain amount of time, then it's a disservice because it, then to me that you're always creating this, like the balance is just shifting and accumulating over past experiences versus mm-hmm. just being clear for the experience that's happening in the moment. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you're quick to put the bandaid on it, but it needs to breathe a little bit more, yeah. why not give it more air? Right. Sometimes the answer is air. Right. Right. And sometimes something unexpectedly positive or clarifying yeah. will come out because you gave it that air. Exactly. That time. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that it feels yummy knowing, but I had a, like just a tidbit, like also just like about like self-work and self-acknowledgement. Like we go to our things all the time. Something happened recently where I was like, really angry. I was angry about a couple of things and he had called something with parenting. And that's okay because we all parent differently and we have a shared idea, but like something came up and he called me to tell me the solution, which men tend to do, which was like, this is my fix. And instead of being like, okay, I was like, I hear you. And I think that's a really great idea. And I understand your idea for when this happens again, or when it appears again, that this is the way we should maybe approach it or a longer term solution. I appreciate the fix. And I honored that instead of being like, why are you trying to fix it? That's not the problem. And I was like, however, there's a deeper issue that happened between you and I that a text and a phone call is not appropriate. I want to have a heart to heart conversation with you and we can do it later. And I'm letting you know, this was years in the making to be able to even communicate this way. (laughs) This isn't like, this is, this is high level, hard work to get to the place to be able to communicate that 100%. way. hundred percent. This was like a moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it and I'm not reacting and I'm yeah. not taking things personally. The fix wasn't like, you need to do this next time. That's what I hear. Yeah. That's the story I make up is I'm always doing something wrong in my head. I've stopped that. Yeah. And I also saw that like his need to fix it was about his discomfort and not about us. It's about 
he felt badly. And so how do we make it better? Okay. So I saw where his stuff was coming from instead of owning it as my own. And then we had a really beautiful heart to heart conversation. When we got home and I was like, I know you're not going to like what I'm going to say. And I know the reaction would be maybe shame or guilt or defensiveness because of this. And it's okay. And we're, I love you and we love each other and we work through it. Meanwhile, that whole day, just to let you know how like work in progress all I want to do is send a text that started right. with just so you know. Yeah, right. But the amount of times that I get was there. starting to try to express what I wanted to say, I withheld for the first time. Because until the just so you know wasn't ready to come out and it was something more effective or purposeful or not reactive, I decided not to send the text. Mm. And I found such humor in it because I was talking to my mentor. He's like, how are you? I was like, well, all I want to do is start a text with my husband with just so you know. So uh, I think I'm pretty still working on something. And I think I'm still angry, but I didn't throw the flame into the fire yeah. until I dismantled it a little bit. And then we had a beautiful conversation. It lasts, this whole experience lasted, you know, a work day and we're fine. No one's like, you know, the next right. day dragging their feet and feeling shit. It's like, love each other. Here we are. I call you, you call me. I was angry about this. And he could disagree with my anger. It's just how I saw it. It's just perspective. But it was the first time in, like, we've been together 12 years where I was so clear not to take on what was his. And I was so clear about not reacting in my way that it completely shifted the way our dynamic was in handling the whole situation, which could have bled on for, like, another three or four days if we wanted it to if we decided to like go into our like normal pockets mm -hmm. of how we do things, which was like me quiet, dismissive, you know, whatever. But it was amazing. Like, again, talking about the work, it's like I found the space to not react. You know, I held on to something. There was no reason to discharge that text. There, what good was it going to do? I found humor in it that I was still angry. And that was mine to dismantle, not his. Mm. It's really powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So I think you guys all see why Deb is my friend <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> I don't even know exactly how to wrap up this conversation because it's many things. I'll be back next week. This is going to Deb's going to be my new co-host. Well, we'll talk all the Actually, time. Actually, it could be really kind of fun. At least monthly, I would do that. I would, I'm so in. I love it. Well, really important because I know that listeners are now really wanting more of you. So tell everybody where we can find you, follow you, especially in regards to checking out the Well Center. Sure. The, well, Instagram on the Well Center is the Well Center NY. That's our Instagram. And I'm at Deborah Ross, T-E-B-R-A-R-O-S-S. -S, and that's my Instagram. And I, you know, I'm pretty honest on that too. Yeah. You share really beautiful wisdom and also a lot about your life practices. Yeah. Everything from crystals to food to perspectives. Yeah. I'm a fan. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want people to like, you know, if you're new to like figuring yourself out, so to mm -hmm. speak, in like a really honest way, it's like just offering little tidbits on how to you don't have to do it all in one taking, just like whatever is coming up for you that feels really like the thing, go with it because there will be another thing as you go to another thing and that's just the journey. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, Deb, I love you. I love journeying with you. I love journeying with you too and may this journey continue. Yes. Yeah. No um, more kids, but lots more growth. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you said it. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to another really fun episode where I get to talk about what I want to talk about. Is that a selfish statement? It's just the truth. But I really do feel incredibly honored and privileged to have created a space where I can deep dive into things that are meaningful to me and share them with you, those who also care about these kinds of conversations, and to bring guests and friends and loved ones here to share their love and their wisdom with you. So thank you so much for everything that you do and creating the community for us to like feel seen and um, connected because it can be so isolating sometimes and it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. Well, it goes without saying that I appreciate your support. Please head over to the podcast. iTunes is definitely the place to leave reviews and five-star ratings. It really helps. It continues to boost the success of the podcast. And I'm really excited to continue to share, share, share. And until next time, I wish you a wonderful day and take care of you. Bye. Bye.